0: Hello and welcome to Critics, Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. Tonight, I actually have uh, a guest on the show with me. It's my best friend of—I can't even count how many years now. It seems like it's been forever. Um, Patrick Bushy, who is currently in New York. How's it going, Pat? Oh, going well. Thanks
1: for having me
0: on. I'm glad. I'm glad to have you on, and you know that. Once, uh, once you're back in the good old state of Ohio on a regular basis, uh, you know, we'll probably have you on here for more of these, and I know Cortland uh, is going to be joining at some point, he just hasn't had the opportunity to join yet, but uh, it's going to be really great to have actually someone else on here to discuss so it's not just me rambling on forever and ever. Um, so tonight's episode we're going to talk about a couple video games, just a quick update on, on my playthrough of Devil May Cry. Uh, five And uh, some stuff with Anthem. Anthem's a game that's you know, has been out for a few weeks now, and it's had some, some great controversy uh, with it. So uh, I know you've, you've had the chance to play that, and you're going to answer some questions I have on it. And uh, then we're going to move into uh, two film discussions, one that I actually did not get a chance to see, but you got to see, um, uh, Hulu's Into the Dark Treehouse. And then uh, we're both going to discuss uh, Wacket and our thoughts on that film. So, um, just to go ahead and also get some, uh, you know, work out of the way. Uh, I know on the first episode of the show we had some audio issues, uh, some something with the recording. Hopefully this one will be a little bit better. But if it's not, guys, just please bear with me. Uh, this is just, you know, kind of the the equipment I've got right now. Uh, there are plans here in the future to get new equipment uh, and upgrade it so that everything is perfect. Uh, audio quality is great. I can mix some stuff in uh, and make some you know better editing uh, options and, and stuff like that. Um, so you know, just bear with me. This is still new. This is all just kind of, I'm still learning and uh, you know, this is just... A whole new venture for me so just uh, be a little understanding we'll, we'll try to get everything up and going uh, and also I know I had talked about leaving me a review on iTunes uh, currently I do not have this up on iTunes yet I don't know what is going on on that aspect but uh, I'm working on getting that resolved so eventually these will be up on there for you guys to all listen to uh, but currently you can go ahead and listen to it on, on SoundCloud so everything will be up on SoundCloud for sure um, Alright, and then also to give another shout out to Crystal uh, I believe she will have helped uh, Get this intro started also for this episode So she's uh, kind of my IT support I really appreciate her help on that So uh, thanks again, Crystal Alright, now that that stuff's out of the way um, So I, I, I played a little bit of Devil May Cry 5 Pat, are you interested in, in the Devil May Cry series at all? Uh, well yeah that's that uh, seems to be the the kind of consensus with some people i, I know
1: yeah i'm not sure what uh what would get me into them if if you can go on and explain me a little bit what they're
0: uh what they're about okay it's uh it's kind of a a hack and slash uh type of uh, video game kind of god of war-esque uh old god of war not necessarily new god of war um, where it's you know you got combos and and multipliers and kind of ranking of your of your abilities, but it, it all basically follows uh, Dante, who is basically a uh, demon slash devil hunter, um, yeah, who also has some kind of mystery to his background. And I, I it, it took me a while to get into the into the series as well. I, I need to get the HD remasters for PS4 to to kind of finally get through. Uh, I believe Devil May Cry three. But uh, it, it's really good. I know, much like me, you love the supernatural stuff. You like the demon stuff. And, and it's it's a good kind of horror action uh, uh, video game. So, you know, as, as you know, because you've listened to the first episode, Devil May Cry 5 came out last week. Uh, I've had a little bit more chance to play some more missions. Um, the story's really interesting. Uh, it hasn't really gotten into anything too insane yet. But I... I um, Unfortunately, with the constraints of work, I haven't been able to spend a whole lot of time being able to play it. But uh, I am about, I think, seven or eight issues in right now. Um, And I'm really liking it. Uh, The character of V, though, uh, his combat is... It's not bad, but it's so different than Nero's combat, where with Nero, you use a sword and uh, a gun. V, you use two kind of spirit animals. He's got, like, a crow that kind of shoots a laser beams out of its beak and then a a, like uh panther that kind of goes and attacks other enemies so with v your character staying more kind of to the back than actually getting into the fray which i like doing with nero a whole lot but it's still interesting combat i I don't hate it it's just when you switch between the two characters it's it takes a little bit to get adjusted to it um so again like the graphics engines on it is fantastic and uh I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna recommend I'm sure I'm gonna come out with a great review score although I did see some stuff uh, on IGN recently that they apparently censored on the PS4 uh, version some uh, some content dealing with the ladies so what whatever I don't understand why we have to censor much if you know it's a mature game there's gonna be mature content but I guess we got to have uh, have that nowadays um, so yeah of my impressions still it's really good i plan on playing some more this weekend um if i can find some time i know i will be uh guesting on crystal's show on uh for saint patrick's day although this episode will probably release after saint patrick's day so if you want to listen to us discuss leprechaun we'll be discussing that over on the horror nights in podcast um so yeah, that's just about it on, on, on My Impressions Don't Make Cry uh, 5. I, I need to get more into it, but uh, it's, there are some really cool um, bonuses if you've got the deluxe version. Nero has uh, mechanical replacements for his, I believe it is, his right hand. If it's not his right hand, it's his left hand. Um, that uh, One of them is actually the Mega Buster from Mega Man. Uh, So that's kind of funny. I haven't used it yet, but uh, there's some really interesting ones that Nico, the gunsmith kind of creates So it's definitely got some very interesting and and dynamic gameplay. It's got really good uh, villain uh, Or enemy variety. So I'm definitely excited to uh, get more into it and get more into the story. So uh, We're gonna go ahead and and switch gears now and talk about uh, Anthem so Anthem is uh, an ea bioware developed video game it's kind of like your looter shooters like destiny um with a little bit of iron man mixed into it i I don't know a whole lot about the story but i do know that there is uh some issues with that but pat if you can tell us a little bit about the story what what's kind of the 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 game's story for that
1: so as for the. Kind of goes on. You got a couple different factions. Like you play as a freelancer, and as you're going through the story, you're kind of balancing between the the, the different factions, but at the same time, it, it's kind of hard to explain. Because all right,
0: well, um, so I mean, you got different factions that that are kind of going against each other. But isn't there uh, a um, there's a bad guy though, right? That's trying to do something with the, what was it? The Anthem of Creation or some such? Uh, just right just talk. Just talking about the basic the basic story. But so basically, you have these different factions kind of on the on this world. They use what are the javelins to uh, kind of protect these little kind of outposts of humanity um, on the on the planet, whatever planet they're on. And then there's this thing. I believe it's called the Anthem of Creation. That uh, this the bad guy of the game. I don't know his name or anything. Is was wanting to use it to kind of remodel the world or reshape the world. But, um, you know, and that that's all we need to really talk about the story. That's about is what I know of it, uh, that I've cleaned off of trailers and such. But I know that there have been some issues um, with bugs, uh, game breaking bugs, load screens, uh, login times, server issues. I, yeah, believe... I,
1: can, I, can go into, I can go into more of like the gameplay and all that. Okay, yeah, go
0: ahead and go into some of the gameplay. So, so as for the gameplay, it's, it's
1: a pretty fun game. Uh, minus, minus all of the server issues, it, it does have uh, long load times. sometimes. You, you do get bugs where you'll, you'll spawn into a match and it's supposed to spawn in three other people with you. And no one will spawn in with you, and you'll have to either back out of the game, or, or wait an ungodly amount of time in order to wait for other people to join the match. And sometimes it won't even even if you wait, it won't spawn anyone into the match with you. Forcing you need to either go through a mission that's meant for four people, or have to back out and then end up having to start all over again. And you don't keep any of the loot when you back out, so you end up you end up with a whole lot of problems when it comes to that. Um, as for the combat, it's it is uh, it, you're stuck with basically you're shooting. You have a couple different options with the different javelins, uh, the javelins you have the Colossus, Interceptor, Storm, and Ranger. Uh, a couple of them are more hack and slash, like the Interceptor. Uh, you're, you're more moving fast, or you have the, the Brute, which is the Colossus, where you don't have, like, any shield,
0: but you're able to withstand a lot more damage. Okay. Um, now, uh, you got to uh, basically have access to this game through the Origin Premiere service, which it costs, I believe, what, $100 a year, right?
1: Yeah, it's $100 a on year for, uh, for Origin access. And, and it gives
0: you gives you basically access to their whole library which is really nice for that price tag considering that you know the average game runs about 60 bucks uh you know even for console or, or for pc if you want to get the standalone game so you're you're getting some some bang for your for your buck um but being someone who considered getting anthem actually had it pre-ordered dropped the pre-order based on some videos i saw on youtube about these bugs and these issues and actually now that I've seen even more s- disastrous stuff that's kind of happened with certain now granted this was possibly happening on older uh, consoles in the, in the sense of that the, f- the first like wave of the PlayStation 4 uh, that was coming out and, it, and even the Xbox One uh, where it was actually crashing and breaking the uh, console uh, I, I didn't want to shell out the 60 bucks. I still haven't shelled out. It, it has been discounted by about 10 bucks. Now it's only about $3 bucks, uh, from basic cost. But would you recommend that someone, if they don't have access to the EA, EA Origin Premier, uh, spend full money on that? I, I would
1: not recommend someone spending the full money on it. I'd I'd recommend either doing the EA pass so you get access to all their games, or, or possibly waiting until they come out with more game types, more missions, because it does end up getting more repetitive. You only have about three or four different types of missions, and you end up you end up in a rut where you're just grinding for gear once you hit hit level thirty you do end up hitting pretty fast. I've, I've played about 40 hours on the game, and after probably about 30 of those, it's, it was just grinding for Masterwork gear, which I'm told that there was an update to try to gear the higher levels towards getting more, like, the Masterworks or the Legendary gear, but I, I've yet to play since they did that update.
0: Okay, Um and i i heard that there's not a whole like once you get to end game there's not a whole lot of end game content other than you're kind of grinding and doing these extremely repetitive missions that the mission variety is is lacking which is really interesting because uh i would say the same probably goes for um Destiny, actually. I mean, you know me, I've played Destiny since the first one. I've gotten the expansions for both games. I haven't finished the expansions for two. Uh, And I know that there were complaints about the first Destiny, which I actually really enjoyed. And you know me, I'm not more of an online multiplayer type person, but I've played more of the online multiplayer with Destiny than I have with most other games. Um, And, you know, there's really not a whole lot of Uh, mission variety there either other than the uh, core story missions uh, because you know they're all geared towards whatever narrative that they're trying to tell in those in those uh, missions Uh, other than you know like when you're doing the online stuff where you're holding down a checkpoint or waiting you know going through waves and stuff like that so I find it really interesting that people have compared the two and what's really funny is that people uh you know that were kind of making fun of destiny 2 at the time of its release or not even necessarily destiny 2 but destiny 1 um are now holding destiny at a at a higher level than anthem because of kind of the poor reception uh of anthem and i and i i don't know i don't think it's necessarily bioware's fault uh I know that there was controversy with Mass Effect Andromeda and you know in all honesty I picked up Mass Effect Andromeda day one and I didn't have any of the problems that everyone else was talking about and I know when you and I first started talking about out about Anthem you weren't having issues with the bugs like everyone else else was and then maybe I guess over time they started kind of popping up or at least they were maybe more noticeable as you went along and it almost seems like EA is kind of causing the developer uh you know Bioware to shortchange their product especially when you look at uh you know Battlefield 5 and it not being a full game as it releases uh you know and then Anthem even there's more content to be coming but it seems like once you get past that that end game there's not a whole lot to do and I I don't know if this i I think it's called uh games as a service uh model is really going to pan out in the long run especially if you turn out a product like anthem that has all these disastrous bugs and um and although it's selling well it's not probably selling as well as they'd want it to do and now you get uh like today is the release uh uh, day of recording is the release for division 2 which is one I plan on getting here at some point, you've got already your people tell, saying that Division 2 is going to destroy the player base for Anthem even more. And I don't know. What's your thoughts on that?
1: As far as Division 2 destroying the, or the player base for Anthem, I, I'd say that that's probably a little bit true. You will have a... a sp- a small group of people that will still play Anthem as, as long as it's around and they're still doing updates for it. But I, I think as a whole that the the main publishers for, for games have had a problem with all of their big releases recently compared to, say, the indie games. Because the indie games are able to release on, like, say, S- Steam Early Access. they're able to release a unfinished product and people be either satisfied or dissatisfied with it but they're able to still do updates in an unfinished phase with no consequence whereas these main publishers are getting the games out there way too early and then have to do quick patches and all this stuff to get it to that semi finished state even when they
0: are already messed up and charge you a full full price for the game.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, the 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 full price for the game—it's but it's not worth it at all. Paying sixty bucks for Anthem is—I I would never pay sixty
0: bucks for Anthem. Which is which Anthem is, is so kind of it's like. An unfinished product. Right, and and when uh you know when you and I were kind of texting about it about before the release of it, I, I said, yeah, I think I'm gonna pass on this mainly until maybe it drops to thirty. Thirty thirty five dollars, you know, it, it wasn't something I was willing to pay sixty bucks on. Uh, you know, as like something like Jump Force, uh, which I talked a little bit about on the last episode. Uh, you know, Jump Force has had its issues too. Uh, granted, they've been able to fix it in their in their you know in their patches and stuff, but you know, there have been a lot of people that have complained because they weren't a fan of how the combat went or how the animation was. But it was a game. As soon as I got it. Uh, I've re- I haven't finished it because I've got an incredible backlog, but uh, I don't regret paying the 60 bucks I paid for it. Much like I didn't regret paying the, uh, the $70 I did for the deluxe for Devil May Cry because they at least turned out a finished product. Now, Jump Force might have been rushed, where they could have maybe taken a little bit longer development time just to kind of fine-tune some things that I had issues with. But, you know, Devil May Cry 5, I think before they announced it at, at uh, i think it was e3 last year when they announced that it was coming out i think they already had it done you know it was just that the reason and that's why it was such a shock that it released kind of so quick from the reveal at e3 was they were just capcom was working on it in, in private and just wasn't letting the information like some things got out some rumors got out there and they were saying oh devil may cry fives in development but you never know when, when rumors like that get out there that they're actually working on those things. And they could have been working on Devil May Cry 5 uh, since the last Devil May Cry um, uh, episode so, or uh, video game. So it just um, it goes to show when, when developers are spending their time on these projects and, and putting in all of their effort and having the, the, the team work on developing a good product and putting it through rigorous testing. And like you said, with Steam doing early access, getting maybe even feedback from the, the uh, player base to figure out what they might need to fix or adjustments they might need to make. And I know EA and Bioware have been listening to the player base of Anthem, but I don't know if it's too little too late uh, I mean it just it's a shame and and although I've seen a little few things on on Division 2 even that there might be some bugs out there but from what I've seen about people talking about it there has been at least there's enough good there that it's it's, it's still a finished product it just needs maybe some fine-tuning and I think if a developer like EA or I, I don't like to call EA developer Because they're not really the developer They're just the production company BioWare is actually the developer But EA is the one who pulls all the business decisions And strings and telling the BioWare employees What they have to do
1: I think as far as Anthem goes I'd, I'd like to see them do a lot more updates for it Because it is a good point It is a they were able to fix all of its initial kinks and everything that Destiny had in order to make the sequel. I don't, I don't know if they would be able to make an Anthem too if they aren't
0: going to put the time and effort into fixing it. Absolutely, and, and even, uh, even Division 1, uh, I mean, and that was one that was also a little mired in controversy uh, with Ubisoft, I, which was really weird because anth- uh, Decision... decision. Uh, Division 1 I never had issues with it it is a little spongy when it comes to uh, fighting enemies Uh, in fact especially since I've kind of gotten back into it to kind of get ready to play Division 2 some of the enemies do take a lot of damage before they finally actually start getting hurt and so but, but I know that that was also one that was managed to start out bad perceived by others not necessarily by me and yet, salvage its, its, uh, its game, and from what, I, from what I understand about reading stuff, I still got to play the DLC for it, that with the DLC that they released, with the patches that they released, it, it made it, it fixed everyone's problems with it. And I know that with Division 2, they have about a year's, year's worth of planned free DLC content, Which is a good boon Especially when you're doing games as a service I know Anthem has DLC Planned potentially But I don't know if that's Season pass content Or if that's free content
1: I think with Anthem They had a A higher tier option For games I think that The the Anthem pass Or the Origin pass rather came a couple guns to help you kind of get through the initial phase of the game, and I'm not sure if that included like DLC or anything. I'm sure that it's included with the origin pass, but as for if you bought the original game, I don't know if they're going to include free DLC with that. It, it would be a shame to see people that bought, bought that 60 number game not get the DLC for free with how the uh with how the games turned out
0: so far yeah I, I i'd agree with that i i think that would that would be a good way to earn some goodwill uh back from the the fans and the people who paid um, the money to to uh do that i mean it's although yes they are a business and they are out there to make money they still have to answer to their consumers and they have to answer to their investors and you know that's that's something I hear a lot uh, recently with with controversy about the box office for Captain Marvel and and stuff like that. Um, it, it investors don't necessarily equal the consumer or the fan, and yes, the company is beholden to the investors, and if a product fails, it's the investors they have to answer to. But they, like I said, the investors don't equate. The fans, and it's also the fans they have to answer to, because it's the fans that are putting the money in into the product. And if you're turning out a bad product, that's disrespectful to to the fans. Um, but you know, I think we've we've kind of beaten a dead horse enough uh, as much as we can talking about Anthem. Like I said, I think you and I both hope that it has a brighter future. I, I do plan on playing it or getting it at some point. I just right now can't justify spending the full uh the full cost uh for the game um so thank you for your insight on that that's that's good to hear and and i i don't think it's uh i don't think it was unjustified i think you were very fair on on your assessments of it and um i look forward to hopefully getting to it and and they've got it fixed and it does kind of reach that division destiny basis of of uh, a decent game there
1: Definitely. I, I think that as a, not, not a PvP, but a PvE game, that it has uh, it has ungodly amounts of potential to be a great game. It's just whether or not they put the time into it to make it get to that point. Uh, overall, I'd probably, I'd probably say that I'd rate it about a 3 out of 5 as for gameplay, story, and mainly just the combat in general, um, just because it does have that potential, I wouldn't, I wouldn't downgrade it any more than that. I
0: I think that's fair. I think that's, I think that's very fair to say. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's generous, and I, I think, and I think it's right for us to give them the benefit of the doubt, because they have, like with Mass Effect Andromeda, I do know that, um, A lot of people kind of are now going back now to play it now that it's been patched and the facial glitches that were going on with there and the other bugs that were going on with that uh, have kind of been fixed I mean it's been out now for almost two years it's sad that it would take two years for it to be what it should have been two years ago when it released but like you said if they if they put in the time and they put in the effort that'll 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 be good that'll be a nice nice way to kind of not let that let that die off um so i think we're now going to um, discuss about a couple movies that are upcoming um that i think you and i both are, are very excited for one one on the uh the horror end of the genre spectrum and another on the the uh superhero uh comic book uh, side of things um So I know Us is coming out in theaters in about less than two weeks, actually. That actually might be... That's next week. I I definitely need to get on and get my ticket then. Um, You and I are both... uh, You are more of a Key and Peele fan than I am, although I've enjoyed some of the stuff you've sent me. Um, But I don't think you and I both expected Jordan Peele to turn out a fantastic horror film like Get Out.
1: Uh, definitely not I I had no expectations For that movie at all And I was actually very shocked At the results of it As far as Key and Peele goes I I find that Their skits tend to be Everywhere from hysterical To not funny at all uh, They're very Hit and miss on their skits for, for Key and Peele But Get Out was
0: By far one of the better horror films of that year that it came out yeah I, I'd agree with you and and I think a lot of people agree with you on that and and you know kind of funny that you say uh, that key and Peel were hit and miss based on the South by Southwest um, uh, reception and reaction to uh, the early screening of us it sounds like peel has has hit it again um, I mean you know we, we get that kind of what's nice is i think there's only been one trailer this entire time that's come out and i think that's all that film needs it's it's, there's enough there that kind of gives you an idea of what the story is going to be a little bit about but not telling you everything that that's going to go on in the film it's going to let you speculate about some story elements but you know uh with with get out you, you had kind of an established cast, not not necessarily the main actor. I, I Please forgive me, I can't pronounce his name or even quite right now remember it. I know it's a little... I, I don't want to butcher it on here. Um, but you had Alison Williams, you had Bradley Whitford, you had uh, Kathleen Keener, um, uh, and I can't remember the brother's name, but you had this very established uh, cast that supported the film but then you had this kind of relatively unknown uh actor who went on to do black panther afterwards and and it was just stunning i mean i i you gave me so much crap for not getting out to see it in theaters uh i, I believe you saw it in theaters is that right i did
1: it, it it was one of those ones that i thought that was completely necessary to see
0: yeah unfortunately I, I, I missed that but uh, I did get it on, on home release and I, I did kind of beat myself up for not seeing it in theaters but that's why I'm definitely seeing us in theaters uh, what about you? as long as I can find the time for it I will see it <laughs> in theaters I feel you and on that the, the last horror film that I saw in
1: theaters was um, it would have
0: was it A Quiet uh, Place? Can...
1: It was A Quiet Place. That, that is exactly what it was. Uh, and that was one that I thought was another one that had to have been seen in theaters, too, except for the fact that I had a person talking in the theater behind me the entire time of a movie where it
0: had to be quiet. So that's that was awesome. That was the reason why I did not get out to see it in theaters, and I still have yet to see it. I, I need to pick it up. I don't know why I've been waiting so long to pull the trigger on it. Um, but that that was my fear was something like that and uh, i don't think we'll have that issue with us at least um i i do it's just got some really good elements and and as you and i were talking before the show i think there's going to be a little sci-fi uh, sprinkle in there a little bit with the story but I, I i like this trend now where we're seeing some comedic actors or just even comedians themselves enter in a genre that's, that's rather serious and um, uh, like with, with A Quiet Place you have John Krasinski writing and directing that and you know his best known role prior to that was Jim on The Office and then he, his first direct, uh, directorial debut I actually own it was an indie film and I don't know how many people got to see it and I think it was m- kind of mixed on its reception but I absolutely love it that showed me he could be a serious director while also doing some comedy. And, you know, so at least I was kind of prepared for something like him to do A, a, a Quiet Place or a movie like A Quiet Place. Jordan Peele, I, it was just blindside. I mean, you, you knew him just from the skits, uh, from Key and Peele, and then, bam, blindside completely with, with Get Out. And now his follow-up, Us... I think it's going to do it again yeah i think with uh Krasinski, you also had him in uh what was it 13 hours yes yes 13 hours you had him you had him in that and
1: it, that that was probably his more his first more serious role getting off of the office yeah. correct yeah and, and then from there he went on to do his more serious stuff quiet Place. And I I, th- I hope that he continues on with that. I, I, he's very good in those type of roles. Well he's
0: working on the sequel. And, oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. I
1: I hope that I hope that, that would be
0: good as well. Yeah.
1: But as, as for uh uh Jordan Peele, y you're hundred percent right on the fact that he he went from doing key appeal to doing this and it's it's one of those things where you you, you don't know exactly
0: where that's coming from. And, and maybe, you know... Maybe uh, he just has a, a love of horror that, that he
1: just kind of hides behind his comedy, which, which would
0: be awesome. Well, and that, and that could very well be. I, I did watch the, uh, the horror documentary on uh, Shudder Horror Noir um, that came out during Black History Month um, and looking at um, African-American influence in horror film and kind of the evolution uh, of, of um, black actors and black filmmakers uh, in that genre and kind of how it, it's changed over the year and now they're getting more of, of uh, the spotlight, which I think is, is equally uh, deserved, or definitely deserved and definitely earned. And when you get something like Get Out, that's um, almost a, a cultural touchstone, especially being not to get political, but during, during, uh, or right at the end of the Obama administration, uh, you know, after having our first black president uh, or African American president, uh, it it was just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a part of our history now. It's part of our culture. It's, it definitely kind of opens your eye. I think it's a litmus litmus test for, um, or not even a litmus test, more of a Rorschach for an individual person, uh, regardless of their, their race or gender. Um, you got something? Okay. Um, that, that you know, it, it lets you confront things about yourself and about maybe your own prejudices that you might not even know are there on the surface. And and it's really interesting because I don't think this the same two people can have the same read. on on that film and I think Us is going to very much go in that same direction with the trailer you kind of get the the Rorschach images and the fact that the characters the main characters in Us are facing reflections of themselves and I I believe I was talking oh who was I talking to about it um it might have been Crystal or it might have been uh Cortland that um I think it's going to be more of of a uh, dark reflection of the characters themselves. That these duplicates, or whatever they are, are going to be the inverse of who these people are. Like, uh, Lupita Nogoyos, I, I'm sure I just butchered her last name, um, her character might be a very caring and, and gentle mother, but her alter... Is, is going to be kind of the opposite of that. She's going to be maybe ruthless or, or uh, you know, just completely opposite of, of these characters that were going to get introduced at the beginning of the film, and then it's going to be those two personalities clashing throughout. That's just my, my thoughts on it. Any thoughts that you have? So you think that it's
1: going to be like when Rick and Morty went into that toxic machine and got all their toxins rift?
0: It uh, could, could very well be. I should have known you'd go with a Rick and Morty reference here at some point. Well,
1: I've, I just—that's exactly what it sounded like. Where, where it's like they could be good people, and then immediately after getting that ball removed, it's like, nah, not, not at all.
0: Yeah, and and the only one that kind of kind of throws that that theory off is the um, is the the young boy because when you there's a scene from the trailer where he is they're in the closet and and the the young boy has like a halloween mask at at all times throughout the trailer and and his inverse or his reflection or his copy or whatever you want to call it has kind of a a mask but it's like almost like a burlap mask but it's not a burlap mask um but when he lifts it up his face is burned but he seems more curious than than harmful but the others seem more harmful than anything else but um, you know, we can speculate all, all we want until we actually get to see the movie. Uh, it, you know, I'm definitely going to have to review it on here. Um, you and I might have to talk about it, uh, on that episode. Uh, you know, and see what, see if maybe I'm right where it's the uh, Jordan appeal uh, is doing more of a, a like, like, a Rorschach test where I see something, but you see something else completely. And I, I also want to mention, I'm really excited, uh, at, in April, Um, The Twilight Zone is being relaunched on CBS All Access and he is the host. He is taking over the Rod Serling uh, position for that and I think that's going to be really cool and I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with that. I'm also really excited for his Candyman uh, reboot. I think that's also going to be cool. So you have any other final words about us? Uh, No,
1: not at all except for the fact that I'm most likely going to see it within the first week
0: that it comes out. Definitely. Don't don't want to get that one spoiled, do you? No, not <laughs> All right. um, so I think we're gonna go ahead and, and move on into uh, into some reviews here. Um, I did not get a chance to see this movie uh on, on Hulu yet, but I know Pat did, and um, I'm I'm very I'm very Interested. I really like what Blumhouse. One Blumhouse in horror is, is is a great thing. I I think it, it's it's nice to almost have this dedicated studio. Even like I said, I think I've said this on Crystal Show. Even when they have misses, their misses are still pretty good. But when their hits hit, they're really good. And um, you know, Blumhouse partnered with Hulu in doing this kind of anthology series on on the streaming service called Into the Dark. And each month they are releasing uh, a a feature length episode that deals with uh, the particular holiday of the month. So um, for New Year's, you had a a New Year's Eve one, there was one for Valentine's Day, the the puka one for Christmas, which was just, it was really odd, it wasn't one of my favorites. and then they had a great Thanksgiving one. And I, there was one before that, and why can't I remember what that one was? Uh, well, it'll come to me, but for for March, or was it March? Was, was this? That wasn't, this wasn't March. This was, yeah, this had to be Marches. Okay. Um, they did uh, Treehouse, uh, which was directed by James Roday. Uh If you're a fan of Psych, uh, he is the, you know, he played Sean, and, uh, I love Psyche and I love James Roday. He is a fan of horror. He wrote, um, Skinwalkers, which was an an okay film, but, uh, he, he directed, and I have not seen it, um, an independent horror film called Gravy, which I, I do have every intention to see, but he directed this and it, and it stars Jimmy Simpson, uh, who was kind of a recurring character on Psyche, uh, here and there. And, they are friends and he's and he was in gravy and i believe he might be the main character of treehouse but i'm not sure uh since i haven't seen it yet so i'm gonna go ahead and turn it over to you for a little bit talk a little bit about the premise and then your thoughts
1: so as for the uh premise of treehouse you have a a chef who has a tv show sort of like a gordon ramsay type asshole character who he kind of treats his everyone like shit and he's also so he's a, uh, he's a dad but him and his wife are divorced and he's going up to his parents old house to come up with some more recipes for his cookbook that he's, that he's about to release and from there he kind of he, he, he on where his name comes up for for uh, some flashlights and some other gear because her power went out and the, it's a attractive young lady and he's flirting with her and all this That the other he ends up cooking for this lady and and her uh, her friends a day later because it's like a bachelorette party and then it kind of goes on from there uh, in, in the first act of the movie it kind of there's some weird stuff going on in the house where like he's going to the restroom and there's like blood in the toilet. So you you get some, some weird visuals in the first act where you don't really know what's going on. But after after he cooks for this group of ladies, it, it kinda goes on from there and expands.
0: Okay. Okay, so um it sounds interesting, and, and uh, you might be able to t- tell me give give a little bit more insight in, into this uh, if if you were able to pick up on this. But I did see some people on Twitter kind of complaining about, and and if this gets into the spoilers, just say it, it, it it's spoilers stuff, so we won't we won't go into it. But there's something about stuff that happens to the female character that's. Maybe I don't. I don't know, but I, I kind of saw this maybe like being construed as misogynistic, or uh, that there were stuff that was done to that female character that uh, didn't seem right. Uh, was there anything that you picked up on that?
1: Not so much that I would say that it does get into a battle between. Uh, feminine and masculine personalities okay uh, but by no means is the main character a a good person okay I, I will say that but I will say that in, in total that the movie it was kind of a feminine and masculine battle okay for, for, for that protagonist against the
0: the, the women that are in the movie. Okay. But nothing nothing like I, I and I and I and I don't have the tweet in front of me that I that I saw um and so I don't want to misquote them but yeah it just seemed like there were maybe some elements in there that uh should have or didn't um have maybe full input from either the female actor actresses themselves or that it, it could have maybe dealt or used a little um, little feminine touch in the maybe direction or writing side of things, but I, I don't know. I that was just it was something I had seen in passing. I had since I haven't watched it yet. I, I don't know. I can't comment on it. Um, but I think I think you. I think what maybe that's what they're picking up on.
1: I, I would definitely say that the writing does have a very feminine backing to it, just based off of the concept and everything, which I. Uh, can't
0: really go off right.
1: because I would spoil the entire movie for everyone. Uh, but uh, there's no, just know that there's no lack of feminine writers for this movie.
0: Okay, okay. Well, that, that's good. Um, so uh, you and I were talking before the show and you, and you kind of said it, it started out a, a little bit slow uh, but when it, when it kind of hit about, I think you said about the 40 minute mark, it started to kind of ratchet things up. uh what did that did that in did it kind of make you forgive it being slow or did it did it make sense to start out that slow and then ratchet into like fourth gear or what
1: uh i, I could say that it, it probably could have cut out about 15 minutes of build up
0: okay
1: it, it, there was a lot of unneeded attention to detail at the beginning for absolutely no reason um as for... I think it ran about an hour and 30 minutes, which which isn't an unreasonable amount of time for a movie, but but with what they were focusing on, it didn't make a whole lot of sense at the beginning versus whether it be, say, like an hour 15, hour 20. Okay. If they cut out 10 minutes of content for, of, of dialogue.
0: You know, and I think some movies do that... Um... You know there there are certainly um, some movies that they they like to do a lot of filler content and I don't know if it's to pad out their runtime or if it's to um, to they think that it's doing doing justice or that it is actually important to the uh, to the narrative and to to the overall story but. It happens. I mean, and so there are definitely. I'm trying to think. Like, you think about the Lord of the Rings movies. They're. they're when you get to the extended cuts and they're about five hours long, you, you could almost make that argument that that, they're, that there's too much padding in there. But for someone who's read the books, a lot of the stuff that they added in the extended versions uh, was necessary or, or wanted. But um, what would you. Uh, what would you say about any is is does it got good gore effects or does it have any like does is it have some gruesome kills, some good kills or anything like that?
1: Well, it's funny. I I would actually do you want me to describe like how how the movie ends up in total? Um if, if I if I were to describe the movie in total, mm-hmm. I would say it is the most vanilla torture film i've ever watched
0: oh okay so so you're kind of you're kind of saying that it's uh it's a little light on the gore then very okay okay and and you know i i think i've noticed that with with the into the dark uh series Uh, i don't know maybe that's a that's maybe a requirement for them on uh on the streaming service that they can't go excessively gory uh, maybe with their partnership with Hulu, because I have noticed. Uh, I think the maybe the goriest one I've seen is maybe the New Year, New Year, New You one. But even that one, I don't think was even that that gory. So, um, all right, that, that's that's very interesting. Because when you usually have like, a, if it's a, if it's torture in, in the films, you kind of usually have extreme gore in those. So that's it's very interesting, uh, to hear. Um so what as a review score, what, what would you give the give the movie?
1: I I would go with the I'd
0: go with the three out of five for this one. Okay, that's reasonable. Is there any any particular any particular reasons why why you land on that score?
1: Uh, I, I think most of it was probably the fact that was kind of trying to be more horror but it,
0: it wasn't. It was it was sort of a suspense movie mixed
1: okay. in with with drama to an extent, whereas horror horror was kinda of left to the uh to the wayside. Yeah,
0: it's gonna sound like uh the ne- the next one we'll talk about here in a minute. Um all right, well that is uh Pat's review of, of Treehouse. Um, I will probably get around to it here at some point. Maybe do a mini review on Twitter to see about uh, see where I land on it. Um, you and I are, are very kind of similar in, in our thoughts. Sometimes we we vary on, on some on some things, but most of the times we we line up together. Uh, I did forget to mention we were going to talk about one other uh, trailer, so we'll we'll just do that to kind of break it up. Uh, you know, between our reviews, uh, we had the the final trailer for Avengers Endgame. Uh, coming out here at the end of April and I tell you what I I am hyped for the movie despite any issues I might have had with the Captain Marvel movie uh you know being kind of maybe in the middle of the road MCU movie for me um I'm very excited to see this movie I think the trailer did a good job not um revealing too much on the um on the story side it gave us enough to kind of like go ooh and ah and not not get an idea not be able to go okay well this part's gonna take place here and this part's gonna take place there and I know how this story is going to end and we're gonna see this happen and, and so on and so forth I think it did a really good job of walking that line of getting you hyped but not spoiling anything for the story although and I know that these images were released or kind of leaked out a while ago. I could have gone without them showing the new kind of the suits, the, the white suits. Um, I kind of would have liked to have just seen that happen in the movie, but that's just a minor thing. I, I And I will say, uh, I did not dislike... I, as some people I've seen have commented on it for the from the trailer, uh, and it's mainly because... Captain Marvel's just kind of surrounded by all this kind of conflicting narratives from people who loved it people who didn't like it people who were in the middle of the road of it you know whatever and so they they're kind of they're kind of uh what's the word I'm looking for um they're they're just kind of uh, making it fit whatever narrative they wanted to fit but as a fan of these movies and a fan of comic book movies in general I kind of like the interaction when thor goes and uh puts his hand out for for stormbreaker has it fly right neck right past carol and then he sets it down and then he just says i like her uh, or i like this one um i i like that scene uh, i because you know you get a light nice little smirk from from carol and and thor yeah you know, i i just think it's good but i i'm definitely hyped for the movie what about you
1: uh, I'm definitely hyped for it. My my one question for you would be: Would you recommend seeing Captain Marvel prior to seeing Avengers Endgame, or do you think that it would be something that you don't necessarily have to see before seeing Avengers Endgame?
0: Um, uh, I I don't I don't think it's necessary, but I don't know if um <laughs> excuse me if there are any elements that they're going to carry over from Captain Marvel into Endgame, I don't think so. Considering that infinity war and Endgame game were kind of planned together and they kind of had everything kind of already, the Russo brothers were already certain about how they wanted the story to end that I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary. I don't think it would hurt to go see it. Um, beforehand there is a nice little mid-credit scene that kind of bridges the gap from Captain Marvel to Endgame um, without without going into detail on it Um, and since Carol is not focused on in the trailer for Endgame I really don't know how to take that so I'd say it's a flip of the coin I'd say if maybe you want to go on a discount Tuesday and go see it, um, you know, where you're not spending a whole lot of money because, you know, I can understand people not wanting to put their money towards the movie because of the certain issues that they have and the controversy surrounding Rotten Tomatoes and everything with that. Uh, I certainly, and it wasn't necessarily because of that controversy that I didn't put any money towards my ticket. I have a a membership through our local movie theater that allows me a free credit ticket uh, every month, and I use that towards the movie. I kind of used that more because I wasn't sure, I was underwhelmed by the trailers in the first place, before any of the controversy uh, with with the actress herself kind of came out into the media. I wasn't impressed by the first trailer. I was a little impressed by the second trailer, uh, but it's not one that I feel like I need to go and see in the theater a second time before Endgame, but to be fair, I didn't see Black Panther a second time before seeing Infinity War, but... I felt Black Panther was maybe a little bit more necessary to see because you had characters from Black Panther show up in Infinity War, whereas I think for Endgame, the only carryover you're going to get from Captain Marvel into Endgame is Captain Marvel. So that's kind of my thought
1: on it. Uh... probably will not end up seeing Captain Marvel before Avengers Endgame just because of the time frame of mm-hmm. when the movie's coming out. Um, but I, I'll definitely get to it eventually and then probably reevaluate my assessment of Avengers Endgame after I see Captain Marvel just as a total to see how the character lines up with the newer movie.
0: Right. And, and I, will, I will give out a, a PSA to. To, uh, to fans out there because I, I decided to kind of jump the gun and go ahead and pre-order the home release for Captain Marvel. And I forgot Disney likes money. Um, so even though this movie just came out in theaters uh, a week ago, uh, I've already been charged for the home release. So if you're, if you're gearing to go ahead and add it to your collection and you wanna pre-order that Steelbook 4K physical release copy, You are warned Uh, you know I'm not upset I'm not that upset about it I just was I had forgotten when I pre-ordered some Disney movies in the past that they like to charge you up front uh, instead of most delivery services charge you once the product is shipped Uh, but yeah just just a a fair warning to anyone who likes to still order uh, physical media that they they will charge you ahead of time do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I haven't bought, I haven't
1: bought physical release in probably five years, so not, not at all.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I would have kept doing digital had, uh, had Apple not removed uh, that guy's uh, movies from his library that they decided they didn't want to have, uh, whatever the the production company didn't want to have it up on iTunes anymore. And when you're going to tell me that it's in your, and it, I mean, it's in every, almost every, uh, digital, um, outlet, uh, terms and services that they can remove movies from, from your library. And so I don't like the idea of me paying for something and then possibly because they might get in a kerfuffle with, uh, some studio they might remove that from my library and then money I've spent, money I've earned and, and spent towards their product is now gone. Um, so that's kind of why I've reverted back and although occasionally I will, uh, and, and some of my Twitter followers have been uh, beneficiaries of this, uh, I will go ahead and get a, and this more will happen if there's only a 4K digital and not a 4K physical release, uh, we'll get a, a digital copy while still getting the blu-ray uh physical and then I just go ahead and I do a giveaway and give out my my free digital code. Um and I know I've got two people who have benefited from that so far and there'll be more to come. I've been toying with it with uh Into the Spider-Verse and, and Aquaman, but I think financial constraints are not going to allow me to do that uh this time, but all right, so we're both very hyped for Endgame. Uh I I'm i'm excited to discuss it here on the podcast uh after the release i know I'm, I'm taking the i'm gonna see it on the thursday night screening and i'm taking that friday off of work i'll probably see it maybe one another two times that weekend if i can uh, if there will be seats available but um so now we're going to move on to our final review and um and then we're going to uh call it an evening um we both watched a, a horror film um uh, Called Piwacket on Hulu, uh, and it is a film about a uh, an entity known as a, a Piwacket, which is a familiar spirit that you would conjure up uh, through through an incantation through occultism, and um, and the kind of basic premise of the the film is that. It is a a young teenage girl who has lost her father, and her mother is kind of uh, an emotional mess. And um, she's kind of turned to the world of goth and occult uh, culture, and she's kind of got some, they're not really bad influence friends, but they're not necessarily cookie cutter friends. And, um, you know, she gets extremely frustrated with her mother. Her mother treats her pretty much like dirt. And um, she decides that she's going to summon this pie to, to kill her mother because she's so upset with her mother. And, you know, some, some hilarity ensues. Uh, not really hilarity, but there, there are events that happen. And, and much like you said with Treehouse, this is kind of a more psychological suspense thriller than it is a straight-up horror film. Um, you know and, and there if there's anything that the Walking Dead TV show has, has done for me it has made me hate the actress Lori Holden not because she's not a great actress but because they made me dislike Andrea the character Andrea on the show so much because she was so different from her character in the comic she was just a whiny annoying self-loathing unlikable character i mean she was fine for the first season but in the second season they just made you hate her guts and now every time i see her in anything i just go it's andrea and i hate her uh i I, i'm waiting for her to to whine and and complain and and act like no one loves her um although she was fantastic in the mist and fantastic in silent hill she's great in this movie but she plays that same type of character she's a very unempathetic character i mean we understand that her character lost her husband, but she treats her daughter with such disrespect, and 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 not understanding that her daughter is also grieving, and um, that there that instead of her suffering is greater. Their suffering is the same in that they should be there together for each other and that's what kind of causes the chain of events to kind of occur and um i i uh, i thought it was overly slow uh I, I i found myself getting bored there are some good moments much like you said with treehouse around the 40 minute mark it started to kind of pick up a little bit Uh, but I didn't feel like it was really in fourth gear until, uh, the last 20 minutes or so, um, when really kind of events start going into motion and it gets more into the horror aspect uh, of what's going on in, in the film. Um, there are some, I mean, it's, it's very competently shot. It's very competently edited, acted. It's not low budget, but I have heard people talking about this movie, so I kind of had an expectation that this was going to be a that this was going to be a really highbrow, really kind of freaky, extreme, uh, you know, scary horror film, and and it just it wasn't. It was a little bit of a slog to get through. Uh, the good parts weren't towards the end of the film, and I, I was just uh, I was a little let down. I, I mean, I, I think it did great with some of the paranoia that the main character feels when she doesn't know if it's her mom or if it's the the pie wacket or if it's I mean, because even the occultist that she meets at the book signing and she ends up meeting again later in the film to discuss uh, the pie wacket, he even tells her not to trust her lying eyes and um there are a lot of really kind of cool moments out in the woods near the end of the film where multiple things are happening that makes her question her herself i, I even believe i think she believes that she gets a text message and the, and so she runs to the front of the house because she thinks i think i believe it was her boyfriend or, or somebody was at the front of the house and then when she gets there and she looks back down at her phone that text message isn't there anymore um so it it, it had moments it just wasn't as strong as I, I thought it was going to be, um, but uh, what about you? You have any? Uh, what are your thoughts on the film?
1: So basically, my thoughts are that it, it kind of led me to believe that the her friends would have had a more major role in the film th- than what they already had. Um, the, it, it mainly focuses on her and her mom dealing with. The death of her husband, which is not explained in any way, there, but neither of them are dealing with it in a healthy way. The mother turns, turns towards alcoholism, uh, moving them to the house in the woods, whereas the it's explained that the kid kind of gets into the occult after her dad passes. Right. Which I'm, I'm not sure if, like, all of her friends got into that afterwards or exactly how that happens, but it's it, it's explained to the point where she got into it after after the dad's dead, and then they're, they're up in this house, and the, the friends only really explain to you that it is actually happening when she has her girlfriend up to the house. Like, right.
0: She's not really sure if it's happening or not, and after
1: the, her girlfriend spends the night at the house is only when you realize that, hey, this is a thing that is actually happening to her. So it, it's one of those things where you, you were led to believe that these characters might have a more major role, but they didn't. As for the, the mother... The,
0: the acting's fantastic, I will get that oh, I right. agree but the, the mother's role is also
1: very small, it's, it's mainly based around the main character, you don't really see too much of the mother other than her alcoholism at the beginning and then trying to apologize halfway through once they move, because she starts to feel better about herself, she doesn't really identify the problems of her relationship with her daughter she never really gets towards that other than apologizing but as for the movie in whole I would say that the the storyline was was pretty good I, I, from my thoughts mm-hmm. I, I thought that they did a good deal of uh, they did a good deal of character development but in, in whole they did Add in too many horror aspects, but in that, I do like that they did more horror. That is, it's it's there. You're able to see it happening with the character, rather than it being a jump scare that happens midway through a scene or something like that. It's it's something that you're able to see third person happening to the character that the character might not know is there or
0: not. Right, and you know. I agree. I agree. the The story is very well written, and, and it tries to deal with some really interesting themes of, of grief, uh, grief and acceptance, and um, but it also, I think, it, it fails a little bit in that too because uh, it doesn't it, the way it resolves, the way it wraps up the story is, although from a horror aspect, it's kind of satisfying, but from if this is a journey about going through kind of you know the 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 grieving process, it doesn't ever really get all the way through to like acceptance. You know, it's just it's grief, it's grief, it's grief, it's despair, it's depression. They're both coping in different ways, um, and although the character work is strong, like you said, the friends the friends aren't developed at all. And I, I think the friends were already kind of in into the goth scene or the occult scene prior uh, to her father's uh, passing and that once her father died then he kind of or then she kind of uh, decided to kind of definitely fall into the, the things that the, that these kids were doing. And, um, you know, it just... It, i liked i like what you're saying also with with the subtle horror subtle horror is really kind of hard to pull off uh at at times um i I know in particular you're referencing the same with kind of the shadow crawling out of the corner in the wall and and kind of forming into a full body and there's also i think another sequence later near towards the end where uh it's like a the pie has taken on kind of a form of like looking like a witch and it's kind of crawling out and out out in the leaves and stuff. And so there are some really cool and effective shots, but, um, I think it just, it tried too much to be, um, subtle horror than, than actual, like in your face horror. I think it maybe it could have actually benefited maybe from a couple of jump scares. I know certain times jump scares are not they're frowned upon and i and i don't disagree with that but if you can use them right and use them in the right ways and not like overuse them they can be can be effective but uh i think considering all the hype i had heard around this this film it it, it just didn't hit on on the cell all the cylinders i wanted it to but i mean it's still a film I can respect on a lot of levels. Like, like I said, it's very competently made. It has a nice budget. And with with the budget it has, it does really good effects, uh, uh, particularly thinking about a particular fire scene that happens near towards the end of the film. Um, and then it also kind of ends on an uncertain note. I, I wish there was more of a, a finality to the ending or kind of more of a... a, a kind of like... We're, that, that there's a possibility that they're going to continue the story on. But I think if I'm going to uh, give it a, a review score, I think I'm going to have to land in about the 3.5 range because uh, it does effective enough work with it. And, and there, there are there's a lot of competent uh, filmmaking technique on all levels that uh i think that's what kind of warrants my rating I, I just wish there are certain story elements that i wish that they could have kind of built up on i i kind of would have preferred more of an explanation about the piewacket like i know we've got the occultist who kind of gives us the background but you know more of why did it agree to go with her like why why would it want to betray her if it's supposed to be helping her well, you know it, it just and there was one particular scene. I, I meant to bring this up a little bit earlier and ask you if you noticed this um, But they're walking in the town and they go into the little curio shop the like antique store and the mom is saying Oh, I just thought this was the cutest store and uh, do you have an application because I'd love to work here on the weekend and then kind of the daughter's going off and kind of zoning out what her mom is saying, but then as they're back outside Again, the mom says well, that was a cute little shop. Uh, that would be a great place. Like it was almost the exact dialogue that she had in the store, and then immediately out on the sidewalk. Did you pick up on that?
1: I, I did pick up on that, and I think that that was kind of one of those things where the mom was just kind of excited about it, and she just kind of wanted to repeat herself, and so that they didn't really have any reaction to it. Um, as for, as for the, what, what you were saying about the daughter's reaction to, say, the, oh man, what, what were you saying? There, there was something in particular, but it was the,
0: oh man, I, I, I lost track. Well, birth. I, I, I was, uh. I think I was discussing that, you know, that she, uh, why, why she was, or why did the, why did the pie turn against her? Like, why did... Oh, that, that, that's, that's what it is. When, when, uh, so when she was talking to the,
1: the guy on the phone, he was saying that it starts with her and it ends with her. Mm-hmm. So she had to close it before, before it would be
0: able to be done with everything that she requested. Right. well and I and that's what it, that's what it was. And I, I understand that but it but it seemed more like the 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 wacket was not necessarily ever trying to do what she actually wished for her to do. Um and what we'll do is uh we'll do a little brief uh spoiler section just so no one else has the the film spoiled for them here in a little bit to kind of go into more on that detail. Uh, but what 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 would be your review score? What would you give the uh, give the movie? I, I would
1: also go in a three point five range okay. for it, um, mainly because of the fact that it didn't it didn't do too much horror versus suspense. It was a much more suspenseful film and a much more dramatic film at the beginning, mostly, to where it doesn't it doesn't really draw in all of the horror concepts.
0: Okay. And... and story, But everything story-wise keeps it up to where I would rate it higher on that end. Okay. All right. Well, I think, uh, in, unless you guys are going to stick around for the uh, the spoiler section here, I think that's going to do it for uh, this episode of Critics Not Cynics. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode and, and I think things went a little bit smoother this time. It was really nice to... To have a guest on uh, here, and I'm sure he'll be willing to come on a few more times, especially with some of the other movies we talked about. Uh, once we actually get to see them, uh, you know, have him back on to uh, discuss it, and once uh, you know that'll be more of a stuff to come in the future. You know, he'll be joining on the show once he's back in town uh, for good, and and then uh, once Cortland has been able to join the show we'll have more of these kind of uh, round table discussions where it's not just me on here rambling, but we, we got a kind of a variety of, uh, opinions or, or reads off of particular films and, and other things that we're going to talk about. Uh, so I just want to thank everyone for, for listening to this episode and, and thank Pat for uh, being on here. And, uh, so again, if you're not staying for the spoiler section, we'll, we'll see y'all again next time. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit of spoilers about, about Pi Wacket. Um, in, in particular, what I mean about how it never seems to want to be helping her, or that it's not helping her out, that it's actually always coming for her. Uh, she asks that the Pye kills her mother. Uh, because of all of her frustration and, and her grief and her blaming her mother for kind of essentially uprooting her life and, and moving her out into the country. And now she's got to like drive two hours to score or some such, some ridiculous distance, um, that she summons this beast because it finally her mom pushes her too far. And now she wants this, this, uh, familiar spirit to, to take her mother out of the picture. And, um, it, it takes the form of her mother a lot in the film. And it also, uh, does some other weird things, uh, and and I think that's where it worked really well with some of the kind of constant questioning of, of what's going on, and kind of the you know messing with the mental aspect uh, of the character. But it never seemed like it was actively trying to kill her mother. It was making her question herself and almost like going, okay, is this the pie wacket or is this my uh, my mom? And I believe that at the end of the film uh, and maybe you had a different take on this that uh, she did in fact kill her actual mother was that what you thought? I, I definitely think that the wacket's main point was to deceive her rather than
1: fulfill her task okay in, in, in total it, she, the, the wacket made it her think that her mother was dead therefore everything that she saw beyond that point of her mother was this is something imitating my mother Mm -hmm. and therefore causing her to think causing her to do exactly what she did which was light her mother on fire which i i think kind of went into what the the film was going for was a possible opening for a sequel because of what the the author of the book that she had read said to her where it starts with her and it begins or it it starts with her and it ends with her Mm -hmm. and i and i think that it left it open for a sequel because she never got around to doing the exact same the exact same uh, ritual in
0: reverse. Right, right. Unless that was something un- unseen to us. Or or it could be that after in fact having killed having her killed her mother, maybe it wasn't so much that it would do the task for her, but it would facilitate uh, you know, the killing of her mother by making her question whether or not this was actually her real mother or that she was actually uh, killing the, uh, the Wacket or ending, ending the cycle of the Pywacket that in essence, by actually killing her mother, she was fulfilling the task that the Wacket was summoned for and therefore closed the circle by actually completing the task for which it was requested. Um, I, I kind of would have loved a little bit more, uh, at the end there where instead of them playing the nine one one call and then it just kind of ending like, Oh, well we didn't find your mother's body out in the woods, but we did find her in the burn chart, you know, burned remains of the house. It's like, and then it just kind of ends. Like, I, I don't know. I would have, what would have been even a little, maybe a little bit more interesting is, um, especially if you're trying to leave off for a sequel is she's in an interrogation room. If the camera could have like maybe panned up showing You know uh her at the table but like at the two-way mirror she could see like the reflection of her mother or something that showing that the piwacket is still around uh or you know that there's this other force or that she's still going to question her sanity after thinking she had defeated it but then in realization to kill her mother and now this thing is going to be around her the rest of her life until she can complete that ritual i think that would have been a little bit more interesting been more interesting at, and also a little more insight as to what her friend
1: had seen mm-hmm. when she was at the house. I assume that it was something similar to what she had seen when the witch was crawling at her. That's just my assumption.
0: But yeah, because we, we never do. Never given, ever, yeah, we were never given any insight into that
1: but I think that would have been something worth maybe seeing or being able to about that way that you, you had an idea of what she saw
0: right because you never you, you what you get is she plays like kind of a mean joke on, on, on the main character um, when they're out in the woods and then you know they go back to the house and you know, you know something kind of starts to happen and then it, it just goes to the morning and they can't find her and then they find the friend out in the car and she's just I want to go home I want to go home and then you never see the friend the rest of the film and they never explain and it would have been kind of kind of cool to have her sit down and talk with her and be like well, what, what happened and then have her friend explain whatever sight she saw you don't have to show it but you could at least have the character convey and then give us kind of more of an understanding of why did she have this reaction uh, to the night that she stayed there
1: Oh, definitely. And I, I think that she did provide the role that they had intended for her. Oh, absolutely. I think that she was just the the reaffirming role that this is not something that she is just thinking of. I think that it is something that she that is actually happening at the house. It, that that's I think that was their intent and they didn't have anything beyond that planned. Right. So yeah it was just one of those things that they didn't think beyond that point
0: that yeah, could very well be um, so you know maybe maybe we'll get a sequel at some point or maybe we'll get you know something that will kind of help explore or maybe go in, go into different avenues with that because I've found some, some really interesting horror films that are like It Follows I know that there's a de- uh, sequel that's supposedly been in development for It Follows and And you know how much I love that movie. Uh, But I would love to have something that kind of does a little bit more of an explanation as to what that force is. And if we could get something like that with Piwacket, maybe at that point we can um, view both films as a whole. Much like I I said in my my Leaf Blower Massacre uh, review, you know, with having part one kind of be the first uh, little bit, but like a taste of what that film was the the sequel was going to be about but not really kind of succeeding on all levels but then the sequel doing a better portion of explaining more of the motivations and and kind of developing the characters developing the story developing the character uh, the killer a little bit more maybe piwacket would would benefit from a film like that
1: out the story that it already had started and it would help give you closure to as as, as to how the it would prob, most likely reveal how the origin of the pie wagon began and it would just provide a, a, an encompassing story to where you would be able to evaluate everything as a whole
0: yeah i i could very well see that in fact i already have a sequel idea in my head where you, you never have uh, the main character from this film even able to resolve it. In fact, I think you, you put her in a mental institution and then you have someone else who summons the pie and has to then, you know, while trying to figure out how to stop it, has to then go and, and find her and kind of have her explain what happened in her situation and, and have that kind of go into a way to help kind of stop it. But no one no one's hiring me to write any horror films, so, you know, if they want to, they can.
1: Well, even then, I mean, you can could, you could leave, it, leave it off based on that. You can leave it based on the, the friends, even, the, the friends' encounter with the Pylaket, all that there's a whole lot of open avenues to
0: where they can go on with the movie alright well I think that's going to, to do it for the spoiler section of the show and uh, so that'll do it for, for all of us again uh, Pat thanks for being on here it was a real fun time and I think we had a great discussion and uh, hopefully you'll be back oh, of course definitely alright goodbye everybody